0: Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org events. It's Curious City, where we take your questions about Chicago and the region and investigate, report, explore, from WBEZ. Hey, I'm Paul Daling, and I've been working on a question that came to Curious City from radiologist Dr. Dorothy Lamb. She says it occurred to her while she was taking a walk. It might have been a rainy day uh, last summer when I um, was walking uh, downtown and I saw just a family just sort of huddled in a corner, you know, a mother with two uh, children that looked like they were probably elementary school age. Dorothy had seen homeless families before, of course, but this time she was pregnant— which made it feel more personal. I just placed myself in how I would imagine it would be to be a mother in that situation. And so my question was, how many homeless children are there in Chicago? Um, How big is the problem? It turns out the number of homeless kids in Chicago is difficult to pin down. The Chicago Coalition for the Homeless estimates almost 21,000, but the federal government uses a couple of numbers. The lowest of those is about 1,200. And the gulf between those two numbers is a huge problem. For one, the federal government's count helps determine how much money agencies get for things like food, beds, and programs. If the count is too low, they don't get the funding they need. If you understand the circumstances that many homeless kids live with, it becomes easier to understand why they might be so difficult to locate and count. So I'm going to tell you some of their stories. First, I spoke with Avion at a diner. Avion is considered to be doubled up. It means that for years, her mom has been finding places for Avion and her five siblings to stay with family or friends, short term. Sometimes it was just friends that my mom knew, and they just have extra space for us to stay. We usually don't stay long because my mom feel like by her having so many kids, we are invading somebody's privacy, and she doesn't. She just tries to you know, minimize our stay wherever we go. Avion asked that we not use her last name. She was a senior at a high school in Roseland when we met. Her family stays at a house her uncle owns. It's not my house. I can't just call it my home. But it's somewhere I'm living, and it's just somewhere I'm living. It's cramped there. She and four of her siblings share a room. There's four bedrooms. Two of them are occupied. One of them, it's not safe to live in, because it looks like in the ceiling, the ceiling is messed up. So we all sleep in one room. The day I met Avian, she said her one-year-old sister was teething and her other siblings had kept her up the night before. Avian said that happened a lot, and the absences were piling up. She wasn't sure she'd be able to graduate in the spring. Avian's story of being doubled up is common for children facing homelessness. Nine out of ten of the kids enrolled in Chicago Public Schools Homeless Services Program fit this description. They're hard to count. Who would look for homeless kids in homes? It's easy to count kids in shelters, but that still leaves a lot of kids out. Seeking space in a shelter doesn't mean you'll get it. The Chicago Coalition for the Homeless estimates Chicago shelters that accept families could, at best, handle 13% of the people that need them. Often young people, especially kids who ran away or who were kicked out, avoid shelters. Ann Holcomb works at Unity Parenting and Counseling on the South Side. The organization provides housing and social services for all ages. Holcomb says many young people prefer to stay with friends and acquaintances. I had a youth that I knew very well when I was a case manager that was sleeping in a bathtub. I've had youth that Sleep on a couch, but then they have to exchange a sexual favor to get that couch and something to eat and a shower. I talked to Roxy. She helped me understand why someone would choose a bad situation over a shelter. She also asked us not to use her last name. Roxy dropped out of high school and left home when she was 17 to move in with her boyfriend, who was in his 30s. The relationship became emotionally abusive, then physically threatening. So Roxy packed up all her belongings and left. But at first, she didn't want to go to a shelter. I kind of have a hard time asking for help, so I think that was the hardest part. And then also I was kind of afraid, like, of people stealing my stuff because I knew I would have to share that space with other people, and it was it was a little scary. She moved in with a friend of a friend. I actually didn't last her too long because uh, <laughs> he was, like, he was doing, like, hard drugs. He wanted me to do drugs with him, and I just—and he just gave me, like, the creeps. <laughs> While out studying for the GED, she saw a flyer for an LGBTQ-focused shelter called El Riscate. Roxy is pansexual and thought it might be a safe place for her. She gave it a shot and ended up finding a home there for two years. Roxy and Avion were hard to count because they were doubled up. Avion with family— Roxy was someone she shouldn't have turned to. A guy named Daniel Barber was hard to count because he was migratory. Until he was five, Daniel and his mom lived in a car as she crossed the country going from job to job. He still remembers how hard it was to sleep in the desert. It's really hard, um, except during the nighttime. Now that's when it was kind of, kind of a struggle because like sometimes it gets like below like thirty degrees sometimes, mm. but other uh, than that, it was just like mostly just trying to stay like trying to stay warm and like. Uh, and over the old, yeah, my mom also got some hotels, too, sometimes. People who move from town to town, people who sleep in cars and hotels, or people who stay with friends or family, these people are invisible to agencies there to help them. One night a year, hundreds of volunteers fan out through Chicago streets, alleys, parks, L-stops and shelters to count every homeless person they find. The federal government requires communities to do this every other year, but in Chicago it happens each year. Both Daniel and Roxy, now in their 20s, volunteer for these counts. They're in January, when nights are cold and more people are likely to head to shelters. But those cold nights are also when parents scrape up enough for a motel. Or a family member is more likely to fold out their couch for a wind-chilled cousin. Or a cold runaway considers an offer she otherwise wouldn't. These are some of the reasons that that single one-night count found 1,200 or so homeless kids in Chicago, but local experts think it's actually closer to 21,000. This astounded question-asker Dorothy Lamb. That is strange, especially when you're trying to allocate resources to homeless families. It seems astounding to have such different numbers. As far as the young people I spoke with, Roxy is living in an apartment and is volunteering with homeless teens. Daniel is in CHA housing and writing music. Since we spoke, Avianne did graduate high school and is heading to college. She's really excited about having her own room in the dorms. Curiosity is supported by the Conant Family Foundation. I'm Paul Daling. Oh, one last thing. If you or a young person you know is struggling with housing, one place to start looking for help is the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless at chicagohomeless.org. Next time on Curious City. If you went to certain rock shows in Chicago in the 90s, you probably saw somebody who stood out. He sometimes wore dresses, had pigtails, and he had a giant tape recorder. You know, Adam was a fixture at shows at Metro, at Lounge Axe, wherever. I imagine Adam taped our shows without asking. (laughs) Turns out he's created a unique archive of an important era in music history. We tracked down the quote, taping guy. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.